0: Yo, what is happening? This is Sync Gems. I'm your host Roy Matz, and today we have a really special guest, David Dykstra. David has worked with the likes of Warner Chapel. He is very well versed in the sync world. He is very well versed in the touring world. And He is just a wealth of knowledge. You will see how kind this dude is. You will feel it through his voice because he is really that. He walks his talk and he will inspire you to do the same. He really speaks to finding your lane and finding your superpowers and really honing in on the things that you are capable and are willing to put your time in which seems obvious but believe me just listen to this podcast to understand how it is not i guarantee you're gonna have huge takeaways from david's story from how he approaches people and the music business which is based on people he talks about relationships and collaborating he talks about hacks and things you can do with a lower budget and without further ado my man david dykstra we got 35 minutes and i wanna i wanna get to the thick of it i want to get to the uh three-legged uh three-legged stool i want to get to your story i want to hear about your story in nashville what brought you to where you are and your amazing arsenal of things. And I've, I've seen your bio and it's really diverse from live, live drum playing to Warner Brothers to a lot of things that you've been doing um, to sustain the career that you have right now. So I think let's, let's take it from the early days to where you are right now. And just break it down break it down for people
1: yeah i um i grew up in chicago as you could see representing and um i you know grew up playing music and um i first uh started getting into recording when i was probably like 13 14 years old and this was long this was before like you could record but it wasn't like now or like you have tons of cheap gear that makes it really accessible like it was not normal to be able to do that and so i i really didn't know what i was doing and you know but uh started recording and i I first like really um got into a studio and started doing that in when i was probably about 15 and from the you know very moment i was doing that i just knew that recording was the life for me for sure um and so even from being a teenager I was starting to record and annoying and bugging the engineers about the recording process and what is it what does that do what does a compressor do you know what you know what are all these things and so I kind of have always had a mind for that side of things um I I moved to Nashville because I wanted to Chicago is awesome I love Chicago but I wanted to go somewhere for college that was a music hub um i also didn't want to go like too terribly har- far from home and so that kind of left me with nashville which wasn't i didn't necessarily think of nashville it wasn't what it is now um it was known as a music place but it wasn't like an it city yet and so i kind of was like oh eh, we'll try it out even though it's this little town or anything um which certainly isn't the case anymore. Uh, The cool thing about Nashville is in LA, uh, music supports video, like music is for media. In most cases, you know, you're, you're writing scores for movies. You're, you know, you're creating music for video games. Whereas in Nashville, music is the primary business. So people are creating music for music. You know, they're not creating it For another purpose, which is really cool because people actually take music and musicians and studio life very seriously because it's a real business here. Um, it's a very cutthroat business. It's very, very, very high standards because of that. Um, but it's really a great environment to learn and grow and, and play out. And there's a ton of opportunities to play out. So I started, uh, I went to Belmont university and, um, learned a lot there, of course. Um, and then really my first, I, you know, played with a bunch of different bands and stuff, just kind of like playing downtown cover bands, that sort of thing. And then I had my first like regular job, um, playing on cruise ships, which was an interesting way to get started. And so, um, the cool thing about doing that was it, it helped me, really hone in my skills i learned how to read charts really well because there's a lot of charts involved on cruise ships and then um i got kind of tired with tired of that after about two and a half years and an opportunity came up uh to tour with an artist here in nashville uh his name is paul bogart and um so i ended up playing with him for about three years it seems like things go in like three year cycles yeah i've i've talk about this with a few other musicians that have been doing this for a minute. And it seems like, you know, I always am looking, always every day looking for new opportunities and meeting new people like yourself. You never know where things will lead. And, um, but it definitely seems like, you know, I'll kind of ride a wave and then that wave will kind of go down and then a new wave comes in back to your, you know, ocean life, you know, you can think about it that way. Um, and so, uh, I played with him for a while. I played with a lot of probably 20, 30 different people, you know, bits and pieces, but I'm talking about people that I played a lot of dates with. Um, I played also with a guy named William Michael Morgan. And the cool thing about playing with him was um, I played with him during his debut single. He was an artist signed to um, Warner Music Nashville, which is a, you know, very major uh record label here and so it was really great to have that experience so we you know did opening spots for alan jackson and kenny chesney and um uh kid rock so we were playing these huge shows with like fifty thousand people and a lot a lot of fun and uh and then you know we he got his number one single which was was great so you know did that whole thing and then uh at the end of the tour they fired everybody they fired the band they fired the management they fired everyone and so that happens a lot it happens it's part of the cutthroat nature of the business once you get that number one single we all pretty much expected it you know they came in and cleared house even though it was a great band great camaraderie we had a really great year and then they cleared house and that really was a wake-up call for me that I don't want to be in a position where I can, you know, basically block off my entire schedule for somebody, and then they're going to fire me for absolutely no reason, right? And in in, in the corporate world, it's like basically illegal to do that. You can't just fire somebody, you know, and leave them out to dry. In the
0: music business,
1: in the music business, nobody cares. So you're you're pretty much. Uh, You know, there's nothing you can do about it. So I wanted to get into something that I could work on every single day, I wanted to get into something that I could also be more autonomous and more in control of for myself and not be serving somebody else's purposes. And so when you're playing for an artist, or you're producing an artist, you don't have any say really in what they do. Like you could be playing with an artist and everything's going along just fine. And then, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. So I'm taking the next nine months off and you just booked out your Mm -hmm. entire year for her. And then she cancels all her dates. I mean, that kind of thing happens or, you know, so sometimes it's not even you get fired. You just things happen. And so I wanted to get into something where I'm in control of it, uh, or at least more control than what that whole rat race of of playing live is all about and so in the meantime i had helped out um an arranger friend uh, who's a fantastic arranger he arranges for sam carden he arranges for um warner and uh, a lot a lot of other people uh, his name is garrett breeze if you want to check him out breeze tunes productions and um i had helped him with a production music uh album earlier like while i was on tour i had helped him out with that so i was i was kind of like producing a little bit on the side while i was touring just with mostly with artists that i was working with if they needed to record a demo um i had built this space in my house where i can record but i wasn't really doing like i was you know maybe making 10 percent of my income in here it wasn't a major thing but i was working on honing honing those skills a little bit Um, and so, uh, I did this production music album for him and it went great. And I learned a lot about the sync licensing world. And I was like, Hey, this is something that I don't have to worry about, um, building up a fan base. All I have to do is, is create great music. That's useful for media. And I can be working on that. Even if it's in between going on tour in between um gigs because sync sync license the sync world it takes a while to build up to where you're actually making money doing it so but i felt like hey at least i'm doing something i'm creating something because i couldn't i couldn't face the idea of just like pounding the pavement till i get another tour you know and so i wanted to really be creating something so i i really poured myself into it and um surprisingly with within a a few months, I was able to start getting some, some traction, getting some libraries, music libraries interested. And, um, a little less probably about eight months into it. I got my first contract with Warner chapel, uh, production music. And so, um, and I still have a relationship with them. I've done five albums for them. And I've, I've done a, you know, probably, uh, I don't know, 40, 50 albums for different people at this point. But um, so anyway, that that brings us to about five years ago. So I, I've been doing SYNC, writing for SYNC for about five years. I also started, I, I believe it or not, in that time, also got my, uh, before I graduated in 2016 with my master's degree. So I got a master's degree because I felt like long-term, you know, I didn't want to be, you uh, touring when I have a family or I didn't want to be again, I was trying to get away from the touring thing because I really wanted to be more based out of Nashville doing studio work was more of my long-term goal. Mm -hmm. And I felt like teaching is a great way to kind of smooth things out. So, um, I got my master's degree in commercial music also from Belmont. Uh, and it kind of been knocking on doors. And then finally, About two years ago, I started teaching at one college called National State Community College, which is like a local uh, college. They actually have a really well funded um, music technology program. And uh, and then last year I started working at Belmont as a uh, teaching music technology. So um, I've started teaching and and this brings me up to one of my things that I kind of like to discuss is uh, this kind of concept of whenever you're creating a a solid income for yourself as a musician, having kind of three things that you do really well that you can kind of center yourself around. And that that ensures that you always have work that you can be doing. And so I I teach a little bit. I teach uh, usually about 15 credit hours per semester. And then uh, I'm doing production music. And then I also have gotten quite busy producing artists so I have uh, right now about six or eight different artists that I'm producing albums for so and they're uh, often it's kind of a growing list Uh, to my surprise I thought people would do an album and then just kind of be done with it but people enjoy it and I try to make it as enjoyable as possible and fun and engaging and inspiring for them So. A lot of the people that I recorded with, as soon as we finish an album, they're already starting the next album. So it kind of has turned into being a more regular source of income than I initially had expected, and uh, and that's great because that's uh, it's very similar technically to doing production music, but I'm recording their music instead of my own music, and so it kind of draws a from a different side of my mind because i'm saying okay here's their song here's their idea how can we turn it into something really cool and, and marketable and in some cases syncable you know so that's always in the back of my mind so uh you know and then i also uh on the side of that i'll i do drum tracks you know i i play in the studio i um i sweeten tracks you know I, i'll Sometimes other producers will send me tracks, and I'll uh, add my magic stuff to it. And so it just kind of depends. I'm, you know, it, those, those kinds of projects certainly come in. Uh, but really, I'm centered around, you know, producing artists, producing for sync, and then, you know, teaching at college. That kind of brings me to current, present day me. What what I've got going on? mm Wow a lot of it's a lot of stuff when i say it i was like man that's a lot it's like a quite a uh quite a story dang
0: so, okay that's some stuff to to let in and uh yeah
1: and that's yeah that, that, that's about so let's see i will just tell you so i i graduated uh 2008 so this has been that's like a 14 year 14 year journey uh of all of those different things since since I graduated college. So, yes.
0: Wow. Okay. There's so many things to work uh, to, to, uh, to just go into here. It's like you built this amazing tree in, in 15 minutes that I can, that makes it so easy for me to ask more questions. Um, but I want to just uh, shout, shout out something. You are a really kind and likable person um and you're not just it's not i feel like it's not just artists flock towards you it's because the approach that you have uh assembled towards your work and towards towards doing that hustle and having that three-legged stool and really having something to rely on when yeah when there's no tour dates or when you want to be with your family or with i hear it more and more and i am loving the way that you kind of presented it because when we talked first on LinkedIn I reached out to you and I was like hey you work with this company that I really am interested in working with Um, you know what what do I need to do to work with them and 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 you didn't even ask questions you just you, you just came in to help you know and that's that's a that's an amazing trait um, to point out, it's not—it's not like people just flock towards you because you're good at what you do. You, you do you—you you are. You do have your magic. You do have your music, but you're also uh, um, a great communicator. So well, I, I appreciate I like, that. I, yeah.
1: Well, you know, another little nugget that I like to to share too is like, you know, and obviously I'm I'm teaching college classes, so I'm used to speaking and and all that, but the music business, and most businesses really, it's a people business, right? Mm. Like, you could have a a coffee shop, and you could have the best coffee in the world, and uh, if you're a total jerk, if you're a total jerk to people, like, they're not going to go in there, they're just going to go somewhere else where the people are friendly, you know, so, you know, it's it's common sense, but it's not, because a lot of times uh, people are jerks, and people are standoffish, and I think uh, another part of that, too, is I've been treated, you know, there have definitely been Uh, people that treat you terribly in the music business and I just am determined not to be one of those people and so I always try to treat everyone you know with respect and you know when I have sessions like I just try to make them fun and not stressful it's like we're making music like why should we be stressed out like it's it's ridiculous to go into a recording studio and it's this we're not we're not doing open heart surgery here like it should be a fun experience you know mm. yes like, there's no reason to get frustrated or like you know you might get frustrated you might have a, a challenge or a roadblock or something uh but to me the the good vibes are going to resonate through the music and everything so i think that's definitely very important mm. wow So Uh, when you've got a when you've got a a artist that's giving you like some artists can get difficult, but I try to make sure that definitely doesn't come through at the studio. Like they can be like, uh, you know, they're artists. Artists are always And when I say an artist, what I'm talking about is a like a singer or a singer songwriter, somebody like that. Often artists can be. Yeah. divas or difficult That that is you're never going to get away from that because you know that's just kind of goes with the category some people are just awesome but you definitely run into your divas but that you know you can't really get away with that but I definitely try to make sure that I absorb that to and, and keep that from the session musicians or any you know from any bad vibes keeping it or creeping into the session or you know that sort of thing
0: Got you. So you were talking about the magic sauce, like your unique, uh, your unique thing that you add to productions. If you were to explain that, how would you explain it? Well, if I could explain it, it would be magic, right? Fair, fair. But, uh, yeah, but, but, you know, like the question is like, if, if, uh, um, if you had to describe yourself in in three individual words that don't have anything to do with each other, what would they, what would they be? What would that unique uh, Uh, uniqueness be? Energy, powerful,
1: and clear. And I'm talking about music. Talking about music
0: here, yeah, but that's it. You know, like that's what I think that there's a huge takeaway here. If a person is listening right now, and they still don't have their three words that they can that they can actually pitch themselves with, or they can they can uh, um, because these are the three words that you actually write a pitch with, right? Like if you that's actually really
1: cool. I've I've never done that before. That's that's really fun. Like I, but you came off the top.
0: You came off the top guns blazing.
1: I'm going to steal you, that from you. So Hell yeah. Point. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's, that's what it is. The greatest artist steal. But you know, like the, the, these three things that are your words, they are your, your point, your selling point. They are your creative point. They are your uh, identity. So now you know what you bring to the table. And if people don't need that, you know to direct them to somebody who will give them the three words that they're looking for. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that you really y- you you brought up something there that 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 people need to take with them, and that is, if you have your three words, you're, in my opinion, you're one one step closer than a lot of people. Um, and yeah, you are so well versed with what you're good at, with what you can do good, that you know it's it, it's it. it there's no stopping it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's cool. And I think, uh, to your point about knowing, knowing yourself and knowing what you're good at is super important because I think what, one of the mistakes a lot of people will make, especially early on is they're either arrogant or they're afraid to say they're not good at something. Mm. And then when they talk to a publisher, or a yeah, when they when they talk to a publisher, or they talk to a client or or whoever. What are you good at? I'm good at. I can do any style of music. I'm great at everything. It's like you sounds like you sound like an idiot, right? Like you nobody's nobody's professional level at everything. It just at, at every in, in in music like it just doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and so it's much better to specialize and say, you know, I'm really extremely good at these things. I'm passable at these things and then these things over here, like I'm going to farm that out. And so, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm good at managing projects because I'm I'm, I'm good at the technical side. I also have a strong understanding of the musical side, but I also have a good network of people. So anything that I don't know how to do well, I'm not going to attempt to do at all. I'm just going to, farm that out to someone that's extremely good and I'll pay them well. And then it makes me look good because I've got the right people. Like I'm not going to, can I arrange a string orchestra? Yeah. Is it going to be awesome? Not, it it won't be great. (laughs) I Now that now uh, let me just for your listener, you know, arranging and orchestrating is a huge part of, you know, your final product and writing string ideas or writing brass ideas on a virtual instrument, it's very different from humans playing it. So like I can write ideas all day long, mm. but when I actually am going to hire strings or hire brass, I'm going to send that to an arranger or an orchestrator arranger to make sure that what I'm doing is like playable. And it, not only is it playable, are the correct instruments playing the right, you know, tones to have the effect that I'm going for. Um, is it in, is it in a good key for, you know, for those, you know, th- there's a lot of things to consider when you're taking something from sample world to reality. And so, you know, that's an easy one for me to, to send to uh, an arranger to ensure that, you uh, My final product is as good as possible, you know, and there's a there's several things like that. that it's like, you know, I'm not going to attempt at this point in my life to become like a session quality guitar player. It just it's Mm. not going to happen like I haven't put in the the thousands of hours that, uh, you know, one of the 50 great guitar players in my phone uh, has done. Nor I don't have the gear. I don't have the skills. I don't have the time it's not something I'm going to try to do. I, so I, I have great guitar players I work with that can do any conceivable thing. So rather than me take on, try to take on that skill, I would much rather say, you know what? I've got experts for that. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Like it's like, mm-hmm. there's more guitar players than whatever. I mean, there's guitar players everywhere. So yeah. um, that's another cool thing about Nashville. You might have your, uh, your banker, might be, you know, a former guitar player for, you know, Luke Bryan, like it's, this is Nashville, it's, it's crazy how good, how much talent is around here. So, you know, I I really love tapping into that talent. So anyway, so defining what you're good at, defining what you're not good at, so that when a project comes up, you know, you've got, you've got people that you can reach out to, to kind of
0: make it happen. Mm. Wow. So before we wrap up here, um, I want to I want to ask like, so if let's say you are um, new at this, because that's who that's a lot of who we're talking to, what would you do if you had five hundred dollars in your bank account and uh, logic? What would you what? How would you take yourself to the next steps in this business? Five
1: hundred dollars and logic. Um uh, do we do we have a microphone yet?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, we let's say we okay. got the basic gear uh, uh yeah. um you know like a microphone, sound interface and uh and a computer. And you're just
1: yeah. yeah. I'd say um you don't need you know you probably need a little bit better sounds than what Logic's got, but you don't need to spend like thousands of dollars. I would say get on get on the I hate email mailing lists but uh get the deals like there's flash deals all the time for um you know east west or or native instruments like there's sales all the time so i have almost never bought anything at retail price like i always buy stuff when it's like half off or or, you know super cheap so that's a a great way to kind of get started and then um you know they sell these bundles that are like expensive but they have a ton of stuff but you don't necessarily need all that so i tend to just buy the specific stuff that i need for each project and so that prevents from uh you know spending too much money but then on the musical side of things listen 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 and and um as you're writing your own music create some go in and and do a sound alike pick a song that really moves you and and recreate it try to recreate it note for note because you need to learn the structure the a lot of people struggle with structure and form of the song so really understand form structure Um, so do a lot of listening listening is is important and see how many instruments you can identify and where they are in the mix and then try to go in and recreate a mix um, using your own sounds and um, you know, that's it's a big challenge to do that, but that's I think that's a really important place to be where you're kind of recreating that and um, and then and listening. And also uh, collaborating is a great a, a great thing too, because you can find find people to collaborate that w- with y- with you that are very different from you so that you know they're bringing very different skills to the table and, than you have. And that way, um, they're gonna draw things out of you that you wouldn't have done on your own. So collaborating is great. Recreating songs is great. Um, listening, you know, uh, if you wanna do music for sync, watch the kinds of shows that you wanna write music for so that you're not just like making, you know, you, you wanna be aware of what's going on and what's happening. Hmm. So Damn. there's a couple things you can, yeah, it's a lot. So, and don't, you know, if you're working less than 50, 60 hours a week, you're not working enough, you know, hmm. to, to be like, that's what it takes,
0: in my experience. So. Oh, man, there's so much to unpack. Uh, I wish we had five hours, because I feel like we're going to have a lot of conversations, man. I, I feel like yep. uh, Absolutely. it's going to happen, because sure. um, you... Are um, your wealth, you're a wealth, and I love how I love how um, humble you are. Well, I appreciate and that. And I just want to know more about you, so I guess I I, I just wanna wanna kick it with you uh, for for my personal benefit, for my personal uh, um, selfishness. So uh, we will talk after this. And where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff?
1: Uh, you can go, uh, the kind of name that I use uh, for my business is D- DD Custom because I'm Dave Dykstra. And so you can go to ddcustommusic.com. You can also f- find a lot of my music um, on SoundCloud because most, most of my personal music is with sync you know, is exclusive with sync library. So I don't have it on, on iTunes. There's a, I have a little bit of stuff on like iTunes, Spotify, but I, most of it is, is exclusively with publishing companies. And so, uh, but I am allowed to post it like on SoundCloud. So you can check me out on SoundCloud DD custom and um, I can give you a link for that if you need it. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, hit me up and I like, like to have chats. So uh, anytime you want to hang out, just let me know.
0: Okay. Um, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Yo, how good was this interview with David? If you like this interview, go ahead and give it a five-star view. It, it really goes a long way. And if you want to spread the love even more, go and share it with your friends. Share it on socials. Tag me. And let's talk. Thanks for listening. Sync Gems. Peace.